You're listening to the Tamar Yona Show here at Israel News Talk Radio, and we are live on this Sunday, the 14th of January, between the hours of 4 to 5 p.m. holy time right here in the land of Israel. Or if it's between 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern time, that means that we are live. And if you have any comments or questions about the topics that we're speaking about, you can call into the show. And our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Today, the show is on The Hague and I'm calling it the Hague Court Jesters, and Den Haag, Iran's goals, U.S. national status, and I'm going to start out the show with a little rant of my own. But first, I want to introduce our guest, and I should really just say my co-host, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. He is a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University. He's authored over 90 books, and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideast and world issues, and I want to welcome to the show Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. Happy happy rent. Happy what? Rent. Oh, happy rant. Not a happy rant, but I think it may be an informative one. And I think it's appropriate on this day, which is 100 days since we uh, were attacked on October 7th, when the Hamas infiltrated into Israel, broke the ceasefire, murdered and pillaged, raped, burned alive our people mutilated them, etc., etc. A hundred day, we're on the hundredth day of this war today. And now we find ourselves, believe it or not, in The Hague. Because and for anyone who is not familiar with The Hague, it's in Amsterdam. Sorry, well, I should just say it's in the Netherlands. And it is basically the United Nations Court of Justice. And... We are being tried there. They are trying to say that Israel is committing a genocide. Can you believe this? After the Hamas come in violently and they are murdering us, men, women, children, babies, old people, didn't matter. If you were Jewish, they, were, they, they killed you and or kidnapped you. And before they killed you, they may have tortured you or killed your kids in front of you, put your child, your baby in the oven in front of you and put the oven on. I mean, the most horrid things, they're ISIS on steroids, uh, if anyone can imagine that. They call them the, now the Hamas ISIS. And this is what we're dealing with. And yet Israel, Israel is on trial now on the world stage. Unbelievable. And yes, believable. And I want to say here that I think it is a mistake that someone from Israel is sitting on that court. Aaron Barak is sitting on that court. And I think we should have nothing to do with this trial. It is, it is in, unjust. It is a mockery of justice. It is so bad that I think that Israel should have its own court of justice now. And I think that Israel needs to put the United Nations and the world on trial and the Hague. That's what I think. 
How dare they twist reality? How dare they flip everything around and put it in the Jews when the Hamas ISIS said that if we have a chance, we will do what we did on October 7th again and again and again. Unbelievable. And yes, believable. So I think Israel should put the world on trial. And I think that when we see things like this happening, if we pull out a bit, you know, just like imagine taking your hand uh, with, with, your, with your palm facing down, your fingers out, and you just want to like pull back, like you're stretching some dough up in the air. Just pull back above this uh, situation that we're in, that we're immersed in, because we don't see the future. We're only in the middle of the story now. But I think that if we pull back, we can see God setting the stage for the redemption. And this is what I mean. The Jewish people need to look up to God, need to raise our eyes towards heaven and say, Hashem, which means the name literally, but we don't say the name of God when we're not praying, etc. But we say, Hashem, God, you need to save us. We're pleading with you to save us. And we are going to, we are repenting. We are not looking to these false idols to save us. And pray tell Tamar, who are these? What are these false idols? And I shall name them for you. People used to think, and a lot of people have woken up now, after October 7th especially, that the government of Israel, we have a government, we have a leadership, and they're seasoned, and they know how to protect the Jewish people. Look at all the amazing things Israel's done in the Entebbe and the Six-Day War, etc., etc. And so we have a government that's going to save us. But we see that the government of Israel, the leadership of Israel, is an utter failure. We see that in a two-year period, we went to elections four or five times. I, I, it's crazy. We, we see that our leadership is just recycled uh, politicians over and over and over again. The same old, I'll use a, I think it's a Yiddish word, dreck, the same old trash that we've had and we keep electing them over and over and over again. And we see that they failed when we had to run and protect our people and our men, our women, anyone who was to be called up or even didn't need to be called up. The, the kitot konanut, the, the ready teams on every, uh, in every city, uh, small city and, and uh, Moshav, Yishuv, uh, settlement, etc. Is there a security team to run out and try to protect the people? the men, women, and children in their communities, when they're going out there, they saw, and when our young men and husbands and, and et cetera were, our family members were called up, they didn't have the equipment that they needed. My son, who is a reservist, one of my sons who's a reservist, when he was called up on October 7th, and then he was sent to Kfar Aza, and he saw, he witnessed all the dead bodies lying all over the place, the burnt down houses, the burnt bodies and cars, the babies that were burnt and, and, and charred, and the devastation when he saw that. And he was in a gunfight with terrorists, with these Hamas ISIS. And guess what? He and his unit did not have bulletproof vests. 
The helmet that he had that was issued later uh, by the army was a you know they don't fit right. They're not tactical helmets where they fit you well. And every time you move your head to the side, it wobbles, even if you've got the chin strap on. But I couldn't understand how could they send our soldiers out in gunfights without bulletproof vests? I mean, the terrorists had bulletproof vests and the IDF didn't? Shame. And so what happened? The people of Israel all came together and we raised the funds and to thanks to many of you out there who also contributed towards it and the people here in Israel who contributed towards it and we got them most of them what they needed because the Israeli leadership failed so that's one idol smashed what's the next idol the White House. Oh, we've got Trump in that White House, or we've got the Americans in there. But unfortunately, the Americans today are under the Biden administration. And we cannot depend on anyone, even if you have a good administration and Trump, we know that it's only God that matters if he's with us or not. All the nations of the world, I want to remind everybody, they don't have friends. They only have interests. We saw, and we just celebrated the, the holiday of Hanukkah, where a little family, the Maccabees and a few other men, went and rose up against the mighty Greek empire. It's, it was insane. It was absolutely insane. A little bunch of Jews to go against the entire Greek occupation, the Greek empire, and yet we won. Why? Because we had God on our side. And I'll give another example. If you're a little bit more familiar with the books of the Bible, and if you look in the book of Shmuel, which is Samuel in English, one and two, especially number uh, uh, two, I think it was chapter eight, where King David goes and fights the enemies of Israel in Aram. They, uh, they, they, he goes all the way to the Euphrates River, by the way. He expands the borders of Israel, King David, and he's fighting Aram, and he Hi, wins them, and he wins Michael all of these chariots and all of these horses. Oh, and when you Thank think about you. Okay, I've just Moses noticed that I'm Greek. talking over. I've just noticed that I'm talking over commercial. Apologies, everybody. And I don't know how long I've been doing that, but I want you to understand that in the book of Samuel, chapter 8, Samuel 2, chapter 8, we see that King David won all of these horses won all of these chariots, and he didn't take them back with him. Why? Because there's a, a, a directive from God that the king of Israel should not have too many horses, lest he think that he's winning his battles because of his military power. And this is very, very important. Because it's like him going and saying, saying no to all these F-16 airplanes, attack jets, and say, no, we rely on Hashem. And in fact, he writes a, a psalm about that King David. He writes the psalm, 
אלה ברכב ואלה בסוסים, ואנחנו בשם השם נזכיר. They come with horses and they come with chariots, but we come with the name of God. And so anyone who thinks that the White House is going to save us, we see that it's not true. In fact, sadly, the Biden administration is telling us we have to give more human, uh, human uh, resources. I'm thinking, Mordechai Ben Menachem, help me with it. Humanitary aid. Got it. Humanitary aid to the Hamas. It's crazy. It's like giving humanitarian aid to the Nazis and Hitler to keep them alive so they can keep fighting us. I spoke with the soldier. He said, if we just didn't give them food for 30 days, the people would get so hungry and so angry at their situation, they themselves would go down into the tunnels and wring the necks of the Hamasnikim that are active Hamasnikim, because they're all Hamasnikim, but the ones with the guns were actually fighting us, they would wring their necks and bring the hostages, our hostages, our kidnapped, out, out to us themselves. And the soldier said, how can it be that we have such high morale? We know what they did to our women. We know what they did to our elderly and our children and our men and our women. And they kidnapped us and the murders, 1,200 people slaughtered them only because they're Jews were so motivated to go in and wipe out this, these evil monsters. And then our own government and America is giving them humanitarian aid. He's, they're feeding them and fueling them. Do you know how hard it is to fight soldiers? These Hamas Nikim are not civilians. They're soldiers that dress as civilians. They are the ones who do. You want to go to the hog? Or should I, maybe I'm speaking like in Hebrew. But you want to go to the Hague? And you want to go and say who's doing war crimes? Go look at this army that dresses as civilians. That's a war crime. Go look at this army that is using civilians as human shields. That's a war crime. Go look at this army, the Hamas ISIS that is targeting civilians here in Israel, not army bases and, and soldiers, but civilian populations that did nothing to them, that is a war crime. But yet again, I just want to get back to this. It's another idol crushed and broken. We cannot rely on the White House. We cannot rely on our leadership. And let's look at our beloved IDF, Israel Defense Forces, that my sons as well are fighting. And we here in Israel and Israel supporters abroad, we love the IDF. We love the Israel Defense Forces. They are us. They are our boys, our husbands, our fathers, our brothers, our sons. And even they can't save us. Look at this, 100 days, we're talking over three months of fighting a ragtag bunch of terrorists. And we're using such mighty power against them, or at least we were, air power, and they're still able to launch rockets and missiles against us. How can that be? It shows you 
All the F-16s in the world are not going to save you. You're not going to win a war if God is not on your side. And God wants to be on our side, but he wants us to break our idol worship. He wants us to stop looking at America to save us. We, he wants us to stop looking at our government leadership to save us. He wants us to even stop looking at our beloved IDF to save us because it can't when its hands are tied. And now another idol is being smashed and broken. And that is our looking to the world for justice and to join this cause and give their support against this Hamas ISIS. Because as I've said in many shows, first the Saturday people, the Jewish people, and then the Sunday people, America, the Christian world, Europe, the West. First, the little Satan, Israel, and then the big Satan, America. And we're thinking, you and I, we're on the same side against this Hamas ISIS. Come and join us and support us. And what do we see? We don't see justice from the world. We see the exact opposite. They are putting us on trial now for genocide and for war crimes. Another idol smash that we cannot depend on the world. And now we're seeing action going on in the Red Sea with the Houthis that are pirating ships, bombing, making trouble. Now God is pulling them in. They talk about the war of Gog and Magog where, the, where God is going to be pulling in the nations of the world with a yoke pulling them in, and we see that happening. Now the United States is fighting these Houthis, and the UK, the United Kingdom, and other countries are going to be all getting involved in this conflict. I see it. I could be wrong. It could be for another time in history, but I just see the stage being set for all of this right now. And once we see that the entire world is against us, and once we see that our hands have been tied, and now, because they were, God forbid, the Hezbollah should open up their bombs on us because their missiles are guided missiles. Their missiles are much more accurate and deadly. They say they will use all means against us, meaning that, God forbid, they could use sarin gas against Israel. And we've seen it already happen in Syria and perhaps southern Lebanon as well. But I'm going to say this. This is going to show us, God forbid, if when these missiles rain on our heads and we have nobody to turn to except for God in heaven, when we finally raise our eyes up, in heaven, up to heaven here in Israel, the Jewish people, and say, Hashem, God, America's not saving us. The world's not saving us. Our leadership isn't saving us. Even our beloved IDF is not saving us. We need you to save us. We recognize you as the all-powerful. We understand now what you have told us in the Torah, that Israel is a nation that dwells alone. This is when we will see the redemption. That's what I think. And how do we bring it? How do we bring history to that point? Right now, it's each and every one of us that has to do an accounting of our lives, of ourselves, of our actions, of who we're hanging out with, what we're spending our time doing. 
are we focused on what's really important in life or are we just going and and uh spending our our time and energy on materialistic uh hedonistic type of uh values and wants, etc., or are we really trying to better ourselves, to do good deeds, to help each other, to raise our eyes and to heaven and know that God is the only one that's going to save us. And it's to God that we should give thanks to and come closer to and realize that we each individually need to change. You know, we can all say, well, I'm not the prime minister of Israel. I'm not the prime minister. I'm not the president of the United States. What can I do? I don't have an army under me. But you have what you have under you. Your actions, how you spend your time, what your goals are in life, what you want to achieve. Do you want to get closer to God and make this uh, world a better place? Or do you want to ma- leave, it, leave yourself in a m- mundane, materialistic world and ignore our responsibilities to each other? And ignore trying to become a better person and just trying to look for pleasure, pleasure, pleasure all the time. All right, so I've ended my rant. We have a lot of time on the show today, so it's okay. (laughs) And that's my guest, my my co-host, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem, laughing, but I'm going to leave it there. I just want to say one last word about the Hague. We should put them on trial. That's what I think. It's, it, it is, it is a, a travesty, a travesty of justice, what we're seeing there. We should have nothing to do with it, and we should be righteous, and we should let them put up a mirror. We should put a mirror up to their faces and show them who are the real criminals here, who are the real people who need to check their ways and not put Israel on trial, Israel that's fighting for justice and good and peace. All right, Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem, Den Hog. <laughs> well, let's start off with just a, 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 a technical comment. Uh, first of all, neither, neither you nor I are legal scholars, and so we're talking about a legal proceeding, and so the legal parts of it are difficult for us to address. We can only address um, the moral and the historical aspects of it and maybe some technical content, we don't really understand any techni- any legal technicalities. Neither one of us does. Um, on that note, however, um, you, you said we should ignore this thing. As far as I understand, and as I could certainly be wrong, this is a legal issue, we do not have ability to ignore it because in 1950, I think it was, or 51, something like that. Uh, Israel was a signer of the Genocide Convention because of the Holocaust. Um, and by having uh, us being a co-signer of that uh, international treaty, we um, do not have the ability, the legal ability. Again, I'm not a legal scholar, so I could be wrong in this. This is my understanding. We do not have the legal ability to simply ignore it. Uh, on the other hand, what you said about putting a mirror up to the faces and putting them on trial, on that I'm all for you. I would, I would go to if I was, if I was, uh, uh, if I had the ability, I would go to, for instance, to the Congo, for instance, the Republic of Congo, and say, okay, let's do a um, uh, a, a genocide trial against Belgium for what the Bel- what Belgium did in the Congo, killing some 10 million. 
Congolese and maiming 20 million more. Let's go to other countries that where we've seen these these European um, pseudo intellectuals, pseudo moralists, uh, and put them on trial. So on that on that, on that point, we certainly agree. But on, on, on the legal issue, we have a we have a problem that neither one of us are lawyers. Maybe we have an advantage in that, that neither one of us are lawyers. But okay, you're right. None of us are liars. Oops, I mean lawyers. Go ahead. <laughs> I can say that because I have a lot of lawyers in my family. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, I don't have any lawyers in my family, but I, I have had many, I have known many lawyers over the years. Some of them have been very nice people. Most of them have been cads. But okay. <laughs> anyway, so uh, as I said, I don't really understand the, the legal aspects of it, so I'm going to lo- talk about some of the historical, moral, and techno- technical aspects and some of the facts concerning it. I'll try to be brief. It's a little bit hard to be brief. It's a very complex issue, and a lot has been said about it. Okay. Um, The president of the European Commission stated on the 19th of October, and the president of the European Commission has never been accused of being a friend of Israel, stated on the uh, the 19th of October, and I'm quoting, um, uh, there was no limit to the blood Hamas terrorists wanted to spill, they went home by home, they burned people alive, they mutilated children and even babies. Why? Because they were Jews. And Hamas's explicit goal is to eradicate Jewish life from the Holy Land. These terrorists, supported by their friends in Tehran, will never stop, and so Israel has the right to defend itself in line with humanitarian law, close quote. So this is somebody who hates Israel and Nonetheless, made this rather uh, um, interesting statement about our legal rights. So it's not just a question of how, who, who likes us or doesn't like us. There are actually people that have played fair, even if they didn't really intend it to be fair to us. Hamas's charter, and we all need to be aware of this, and needs to be this needs to be emphasized again and again. Hamas's charter openly declares, as a public document, everyone can access it, openly declares genocidal intent. That's a very important concept, a phrase, genocidal intent. To my understanding of the law, and this is my understanding comes from the legal procedure that we're, that we're going through now, and what some of the legal scholars that are there actually said, to my understanding of the law, there can be no genocide in law without intent. Israel has never declared any such such intent, while Hamas has. Quite the opposite. Israel continues to its internationally well-known policies and tactics of what's called locking on the roof, where we, 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 we inform people ahead of time, this building is about to be destroyed, please evacuate. We, send, we have sent tens of millions, and that's a real number, tens of millions of phone messages, leaflets, text messages, and etc. to warn Gazans to keep civilians out of harm's way. I'm ignoring in that statement the fact that I don't think there are civilians. I'm talking about not my personal opinion. I'm talking about the way it is looked at by these legal proceedings. Uh, The true nature of the war is that of an armed conflict. Again, this is a concept, the the phrase armed conflict, conflict is a key 
phrase just as uh, 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 um, uh, genocidal intent is a key phrase in the convention concerning genocide. It's an armed conflict, um, as stated, I'm not qualified to base an argument upon the letter of the law. However, that is how the law is phrased. South Africa denies that it is representing a case on behalf of Hamas. This is a very interesting point. Uh, South Africa claims that it is uh, 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 objective in its, uh, in its uh, uh, um, 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 suit. This is, by the way, a, a similar to a lawsuit of, of any other kind. And they deny that they represent Hamas, even though South Africa has been a close ally of Hamas for several decades now. The declaration is not believable. They cast their basic allegation in context, quote unquote. That's their term. And that context is their anti-legal and absurd allegation that Israel has engaged in apartheid for 75 years. In other words, they're basing their entire allegation on something which is trivially provable as a false claim. Anybody can come to Israel and easily determine by the facts that in front of their nose that Israel is not an apartheid state and never has been. There are uh, 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 Arabs uh, of Muslim uh, of Muslim persuasion, or there are Druze, there are uh, 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 Christians that have served on the Supreme Court, that have served on lower courts, that have served in the army as very high uh, officers. I, I personally had a, a Druze officer when I was in the army. By the way, one of the best officers I've ever had, I've ever dealt with. So the, the idea that this is an apartheid state is, is simply a ridiculous lie, an absurd allegation, trivially approvable, uh, provable to be a to be false claim. Not only that, but notice I said 75 years. In other words, they're claiming that, we're, that the, the trigger for this lawsuit of theirs was not October 7th, but was 1948. That's what triggered this lawsuit, according to the according to what they actually stated at this at this trial. So that's a very the whole thing, the whole basis for what they're saying is very strange to me, and I don't really understand. Again, I don't really understand the legal aspects, how they can make these claims and not simply be laughed at by by the court itself. I, I do not understand this court at all. It's absurd to claim that, Lee, that Israel does not have a right, indeed a duty and moral obligation, to free the some 130 hostages taken by Hamas uh, and by Gazan civilians. In other words, not all of the hostages were captured by Hamas. Many of them were captured by others, undefined others, on the 7th of October. And they're still held in inhuman conditions. Everything about this trial should be in the context of the 7th of October bar barbarism. That's and right. You know, else. that's another war crime, by the way, that the Hamas has uh, has committed and, is, and continues to commit, that they've kidnapped uh, innocent people. Well, yes, obviously, uh, uh, kidnapping a, a, a nine-month-old baby is not something that can be considered an act of war any more than raping a nine-month-old baby, which they also did. <laughs> should be considered an act of war. Um, one thing that 
again, a key phrase here that people need to be aware of is that Hamas, whether we like it or not, and no sane person does, Hamas is the government authority in the Gaza Strip. That means that they have legal complicity in everything that happens within and from within the Gaza Strip. Whether we like them or like their or agree with their ideas, whatever, they are the governing authority there in Gaza. Again, that is a key phrase. If anybody who's listening to us needs to um, uh, 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 argue the case in front of his friends and neighbors, these are the key phrases that we need to be aware of. Uh, and that, and it's, it's the governing authority, despite being recognized by many, if not most, civilized nations as a terrorist organization under all international law. The organization has, ba- has based its military strategy on genocide. Again, declared intent, phrasing of the law, and has, in fact, openly declared on worldwide television repeatedly that its objective is to repeat the attack of 7th of October in its words, quote, again and again and again, unquote. And all Jews are are wiped from the Middle East and, in fact, the entire world. Again, read the Hamas charter. That's what they say in writing publicly. Its primary tactic is to embed itself in uh, uh, it's met itself and its operatives in civilian populations, in mosques, hospitals, ambulances, schools, kindergartens, and it does so specifically to foment civilian casualties among the civilian population of Gazans. So let's ignore for a moment the question of do they have a, a right to kill Jews? They're killing their own people in order to get to this point where they have this public false uh, 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 imitation trial that they're doing now. So the claim by South Africa that they're not representing Hamas is ridiculous. It is absurd, prima facie, absurd. It must be emphasized that Hamas continues to fire rockets at Israeli civilian populations from within these infrastructures, that is, those same mosques, hospitals, ambulance, schools, clinics, and etc., many of them operated by the United Nations. And also, a large portion of these Hamas rockets, and this is a very significant point again, um, that many of these Hamas rockets, many tens of percent of these Hamas rockets fall on Gazans within the Gaza Strip because they're so poorly made, poorly manufactured. And they cause mass casualties of Gazans while they, their so-called health ministry counts these casualties as people that were killed by Israel. Right, they blame us for it. Again, all of these acts are proscribed by international law. The tactics of Hamas are specifically planned and designed for exactly cre- to be exactly to create this proceeding that we're seeing now in Den Haag. You'll pardon me, um, tomorrow that I'm pronouncing it correctly because I used to live in Netherlands. I'm happy you are. Good. <laughs> Den Haag is actually a nice place, but in this, this proceeding is, is revolting. 
The IDF has repeatedly requested Gazan citizens to evacuate to save themselves, while Hamas fires upon those civilians who flee and then cynically blames these deaths also on Israel. In other words, families try to flee out of the line of fire. They're fired upon by Hamas, and then the Hamas Ministry of Health then says that Israel killed them. These are criminals. These are the most basic, base barbaric criminals that the world has seen in many, many years. So that was my rant on the on the uh, uh, this so-called imitation trial that we that we're seeing now in um, um, uh, uh, in Den Haag. By the way, the trial itself is what my understanding is completed. It's just a question now of them. So the, the, the so-called judges deliberating among themselves. I don't really understand that part of it either. They all, they're all wearing these ridiculous um, costumes with that utterly revolting and ridiculous wigs on them. I don't understand what that's all about. It's because, um, I, I understand that they wore those wigs because people uh, were getting syphilis and losing their hair, and so they wore the wigs. The men wore these wigs. Uh, well, that's sort, of, you know, that's sort of symbolic, I suppose. That's, that's okay. <laughs> I, I can't picture these people as being normal people in any case, but that's okay. I'm, I'm sorry. This, this, this is all very revolting. There's, there's just no way to uh, accommodate this in any sense of morality whatsoever. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. So we've laid that all on the table for all of you that are listening in. I doubt you hear a lot of what we're saying anywhere else. And I would just, I'm going to just jump in. I'm always so embarrassed and shy to ask for financial support for the station. And whenever I do, I really need to push myself. But folks, (laughs) we used to have a news department here where we were giving you daily news reports of, of what's going on here. And again, unique from on the ground here. You don't hear these things in the mainstream media. You're hearing it from the voices here on the ground. And during the Corona time, we had to let them go. And it's just a budget issue. So if any of you appreciate the station, want to see it continue, and have in your hearts that you'd like to put some of your hard-earned money, and I know it's hard-earned. If you want to help support the station, we have on our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com a place where you can donate And you can donate monthly or you can make a one-time donation. All of this helps us in paying the bills for subscriptions that we have, for paying the online to get us on the air fees that we have every month coming up. And just, you know, if we really get a big investor, we can bring back our news department, which I would just love to do to be able to get, you know, be more relevant on time, exactly what's happening when, when these rockets are falling, getting more voices on the air here. So, just a little plug for IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. If you have in your heart and you would like to do that good deed and help support our voices here to reach more people and to do it better, then please uh, go to IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com and, and click on the Partner With Us and Donate button. And if you need any help, you can always write me to Mar, T-A-M-A-R, at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. All right, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, Iran's Goals. Okay, this is a rather complex subject, so I'll, I'll try to be brief, but it's going to be difficult to do that. I'm, I'll, I'll try to be, be as brief as I can. Um, people in the United States correctly, rightfully, 
think of China today as being their prime uh, competitor or their prime rival. Some people also think that Russia is a prime, is a prime rival of them. I am going to claim that neither of these cases are really true, correct. Russia has proven itself to be um, surprisingly incompetent, I would say. Uh, uh, this rinky-dink nonsense of, a, of an imitation country called Ukraine has held them off now for two years against any sane person's estimations. How, how, an, uh, how 18, uh, 18 million people can hold off a country of 150 million people is just militarily ridiculous, but yes, they're doing it. So Russia is not all that impressive as a, as a competitor. Um, and as to China, well, anybody who's really paying attention to the, 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 the Chinese rhetoric, we need to be aware that while China has been claiming for many years now that they're just about ready, all ready to invade Taiwan and take it, and China has something on what source you're using, anywhere from 800 million to uh, 1 billion population, while Taiwan has 24 million population, yet China is clearly scared out of their mind to attempt to invade Taiwan. And evidently, quite rightly so. Uh, this past week, there was a, uh, a publication by Bloomberg, which is generally speaking a, re a relatively reliable source of information, that uh, a level of corruption within the Chinese military which basically makes their almost the entire missile forces practically irrelevant on a, on a practical basis. So the only real rival that America has on a real level, the only rival that is actually affecting the United States is actually Iran. And let me go through some bits and pieces here to put that into perspective so people can understand it. Everybody looks at Iran on the basis of this act or that act. America plays checkers while Iran plays three-dimensional chess. And let's go through some things here and let's see what's going on. So, so we're looking at the Red Sea right now and we see these tensions. We see that uh, 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 basically a, a, a ridiculous little group of, of rebels, of growth hordes, of, of literally zero education. Um, it would be surprising to find very many of them that have ever learned to read or write. And, and I mean that quite literally. The, if you even if you look at the the the, the unmanned uh, um, uh, 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 estimations of of, of 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 Yemen, you see that the level of literacy there is one of the lowest in the world. So that the, the America came up with this re, re, this brilliant idea of Operation Prosperity Guardian. And it's been a bluff. It's been a complete bluff. So they've they've shot down some missiles and they've bombed a few little things. And these have had no effect, whatever. But the Iranians slash the Houthis have been con continued to divert and to pirate ships. Iran now has almost complete control of the Strait of Hormuz, despite the presence of American naval ships, has almost complete control of Bab al-Mandab. These are two of the most important naval choke points on the planet. They are now attempting to gain control 
of the Strait of Gibraltar. That's a third. If they take that, if they succeed there, the only major choke point left to them, left open to the world, is the Strait of Malacca. Other than that, what is what you know? What what really uh, um, stops the flow of of international flow of of, of by seas? The, the Panama Canal. They've, they've stopped the Suez Canal and the Strait of Malacca. That's it. They have control of of world trip of shipping. Brent futures are now traded above eighty dollars per uh, per barrel, highest for a very for quite some time now. The shipping industry is tilting towards. A, a, a blanket ban on all Babel Mandan straight transits. That means that the costs of almost all goods in the world today, whether food products or industrial products, will, are going to begin to rise sharply in the near future. Remember, there's always a delay here because there are there are inventories that people have. The cost of chartering a very large cargo container ship from the United States to Asia jumped to more than $10 million, up 25% week on week. So what are, what are Iran's goals? Obviously, their primary goal, the first goal that they, that they uh, uh, um, uh, look at is to protect the theocratic regime at all costs. The second goal is to eliminate Israel, hopefully by genocide. That's their, that's their primary goal. Again, this is in writing. This is not uh, a supposition. This is not a guess. They say it out loud and they say it in writing. Hopefully by genocide of the entire Jew, Jewish populations. Um, by the way, Arabs, the so-called Palestinians, are inconsequential and they can leave or die as far as the Iranians are concerned. So if, if, if an Arab is out there listening and you think, well, you know, maybe the Jews have it coming to them and this, the Iranians are planning to kill you as well. You need to wake up just as much as other people do. Iran plans to kill you and your children, even if you are a Muslim. And of course, the third objective is to eject the United States from the entire Middle East. Everything that Iran does itself of our proxies serves these three goals. Now, everybody talks about Iran using proxies and we all know that Iran, basically, the Iranians are basically cowards to actually enter the fighting themselves. And they will, uh, how did Mike uh, Pompeo phrase it this past week? The Iranians will fight to the last Houthi. They, they don't care about Arabs. They despise Arabs. Remember, they're Aryans. They don't think the Arabs are, are of any significance. Thursday this past week, a United States, register, a United States ship called the St. Nicholas carrying Iraqi oil for Turkey, was hijacked near Oman by the pirate nation of Iran. Not by the Houthis, by Iran itself. And forced to an Iranian harbor. And so-called, this was an Iranian retaliation for the bombing of the Houthis. Again, there's no question of retaliation. They just do what they do in order to do what they do. In parallel... Iran implemented a massive attack in Oman against a British base. The, Britons, the British have a large base in Oman. Oman used to be a colony of, of Britain. At that time, it had a different name. It was called, the, the, uh, it was called uh, uh, Muscat and Oman. That's besides the point. 
is very consequential because historically, Oman ha has been the go-to negotiator for the entire region. They are everyone's favorite neutral. And they've always been that for, for tens of decades, I don't know, for more decades than I can re recall. So this is a very strange thing for them to do. All of this, of course, is after Iran has attacked U.S. bases in Iraq, in Syria, well over 100 times, and <clears throat> Red Sea shipping tens of times, and the United States still pretends that Iran is not driving this. They still pretend that, well, if we just throw a few hand grenades at the, uh, at the Houthis, everything will be all right. We'll just persuade them that things are, aren't, as, aren't what, they, what they think they are. America is acting ridiculously, ridiculously. Apropos strange, Sweden, who is trying to join NATO while Turkey blocks them, Apparently, the Swedish defense minister this past week has enjoined the Swedish citizenry to, quote, prepare for war. Sweden has not been in a war for over 200 years. The adversary apparently remains unspecified. I have not found any source, any uh, 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 media source that can explain to me what the heck this guy was talking about or why. Why he would advise his the citizens of this country to prepare for war. I have no idea. A lot of strange things going on. Prior to the 7th of October, the alliance of Israel and the Arab states was emerging. We've all seen the Abraham Accords. We all know about the alliance between Israel and the Emirates, the UAE, alliance between Israel and Morocco. Uh, we see that there are peace treaties with, with um Egypt and Jordan, as shaky those peace treaties may be, they still do stand, despite all of the pressures to uh, 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 destroy them. Uh, the Gulf states are all aware that they desperately need Israeli technology and expertise to diverge their economies from hydrocarbons. They all totally dependent upon hydrocarbons and you're all aware that they need to diverge from that. They need to diversify. Just a minute. I just want to announce here that Israel's being attacked right now uh, in Ashdod, uh, Benzakai, Yavne, uh, other places in the south of Israel right now. Israelis are running for shelter. We are hoping everyone will be safe uh, from this uh, threat against us now that this attack that's happening. Okay, go ahead. Yes, we did mention before that Hamas is still firing rockets at us. Yes, we did, and here it is live on the air as we're listening in. Yeah. Hey, maybe they're listening to us as well. Okay, so Israel is a significant natural gas exporter today, which aligns Israeli economic interests with the interests of these other energy exporters. Iran strongly needs to shatter that alliance, and they're sparing no effort so far despite U.S. efforts to bluff and posture. Okay, I just want to just announce here again, another uh, uh, rocket attack on Israel uh, in the Lachish area that's also in the southern part of the country, and we're praying that all of our citizens and everyone will be safe. Go ahead. Definitely anybody who's aware of the map, Lachish is the area where the city of Kiryat got 
is is uh, is uh, uh, anyone's aware of the biblical portion? Gat is a was a famous city even in biblical times, and it is a a, a significant city today as well. Um, the Red Sea attacks are as much against Egypt and Saudi Arabia as the and the and the UAE as they are against Israel. And let no one misinterpret what they are saying. By closing the um, uh, Suez Canal, for instance, <coughs> they have uh, impacted more than 10% of the entire Egyptian government budget. Um, we have a caller, but let me just finish up a couple of things, and we'll, we'll get to them in a moment. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, and also, the Houthis are also threatening several pipelines that serve both Saudi Arabia and the Emirates, uh, uh, and they're attempting to create additional fronts while this is going on. Iran is openly sponsoring these terrorist activities in Morocco as well, as I mentioned before, <coughs> to gain control of the Gibraltar Straits also. And that I mentioned before, if this happens, this is the largest scale U.S. retreat, strategic receipt, retreat since the Spanish-American War, since 1898. That's where the uh, uh, Biden bluff administration or misadministration or whatever you want to you call it has brought the United States. They are bringing the United States literally to its knees. So can we go to the caller now? Sure. We have uh, joining us Antonio from the United States. Hi there, Antonio. What's your comment or question? My question is um, Obama involvement with the United Nations. I think I sent you to a copy of um, what his involvement in in the United States. I mean, United Nations. So therefore, uh, I think South Africa wants to get involved with putting Israel to, um, to international court. What's behind the scenes going on? We need to look into that. A second thing is the G2 summits and all that, something's going on beyond that because all of a sudden these different nations are against Israel. And, and number two, they have this um, climate change agenda. Something needs to be looked into that too. Okay, thank you for your comment, or, uh, uh, Antonio. Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem, do you want to respond thank to you. Antonio? Um, there's nothing to respond to. He said somebody should look into these things. He's right, of course. Um, if we have the if we have the resources, then we will do so. But I uh, I'm not exactly certain where to take that accent. accent. At the moment, okay. Okay, I, I would just add here that it's not all of a sudden that the, the world is against us. The world basically has always been against us, always trying to weaken Israel, make us bleed so we'll be more pliable to do what they say. Perhaps it's because they think that Israel is a threat. I don't know. Uh, some Maybe it's just built-in anti-Semitism on some level, but it's not a surprise. Okay, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, the United States just announced the withdrawal of the Gerald Ford carrier, carrier strike group from the Mediterranean, once again reducing American Middle East presence and permitting or encouraging Iran to intensify its activities against U.S. allies while signaling to Saudi Arabia and to the Emiratis 
that the United States is simply feckless and cannot be trusted. That's very sad. Israel needs to achieve a decisive victory in Gaza with the death of Hamas's leadership and supporters, but there's only one small piece of a much broader war. Everyone needs to be aware of that statement. The war is not between Israel and, and Hamas. The war is between civilization and the barbarity of Iran. And Hamas is only one proxy Iran of Iran. Yeah, it's only one proxy of Iran's. <sighs> so Iran is well beyond just driving us a successful wedge between between its various adversaries, its adversaries. It is openly at war with the United States, and Americans refuse to notice. This is not a question of U.S.-led world order or, or rules-based order or whatever the name is going to be used around. It's a full-scale war against the United States and all U.S. interests. Again, you mentioned the concept of interest. It's a very significant concept in this context. The United States has been, since its inception, since the year 1800, it's been a maritime nation. Iran is literally threatening the viability of the United States remaining a maritime nation. It doesn't matter how many aircraft carriers you have if you're afraid to use them. If I have a, I don't know what, a, 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 uh, a board in my storage in my storage room, and I'm afraid to use that board or whatever. Then it then it doesn't belong to me. I belong to it. American can have all of the uh, uh, military assets on its books that it wants. If it's afraid to use them, they do not matter. And unless United States and more particularly the American population processes that this is a world war now, not a future war, it is a world war now, and establish real consequences for Iran, for Iranians. The U.S. will continue to lose and weaken more and more. Or to put it in a, in a bottom line, simple phrase, the world is going nuts. Are you going to sit down and ignore it, or are you going to be part of the solution? If you ignore it, you're part of the problem. Okay. So, Tamar, we have another whole section of stuff to go through. I think uh, we want to reach the time, 5 o'clock. Should we simply leave this for next week? Uh, we could if you like. Let's. We can go quickly to a caller, just a moment. And uh, hi there, caller. What's your first name and where are you calling from? Sipora, I'm calling from the United States following up on Antonio's comment. And I'd like Rabbi Mordechai Ben-Menachem to comment on the corruption of the African National Congress and how that contributes to why South Africa played a role here, as well as the entire radical Islamist movement that seems to be taking over in every country. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Tsipora. Well, you got Tsipora, it. that's an excellent question. Plateful thank there. you very much. Um, the African National Congress is a, um, I don't know how to say this politely, I'm sorry, a revolting organization. There, 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 there were a terrorist organization that acted against the Admittedly, apartheid, horrible regime that existed at at the time at the time in history in South Africa, the apartheid regime, 
was a horrible mistake made by the people that lived in South Africa. There's no question about that. But the solution was not more terrorism. And what, is, what we've seen happen is that the African National Congress has been the one-party ruler of South Africa since they took over, since the, 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 the disgusting apartheid regime collapsed, thank God. They've taken it over. They're a one-party dictatorial regime. The level of corruption in, in South Africa is phenomenal. Many areas of South Africa, I've visited South Africa, it's a wonderful country, beautiful country, one of the most beautiful countries on the planet, literally. Uh, it's, it's an amazing place, uh, at least in terms of, of, na of nature. The people are very nice there. But the level of crime and corruption there is one of the worst in the world. Electricity, in many cases, uh, places get get electricity for a few hours a week, and the rest of the time there there, there are blackouts, rolling blackouts all over the country because the, the 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 entire electric grid of South Africa has been completely unprofessionally managed for for now for about two and a half decades. If I remember correctly, the, the timing. Um, the, the, everything, all infrastructures in, in the state of advanced collapse there. The country basically is, is um, basically going more and more towards barbarism. The, the, the state of crime there is one of the worst in the world. Um, unfortunately, there are still Jews that live there. I have no idea what their excuse is, but it's a horrible, horrible place to live. They can't get money for their homes when they want to sell them and move and leave. It's a problem. Some people, I understand, have just t locked their doors and walked away. They've just yeah, well, turned the not? key, locked their doors, and, and walked away. Yeah. If your only choice is to either be alive or to go, then go. I mean, I want you all to come to Israel, but if you don't want to come to Israel, go someplace else. I'm not, you know, just stay alive. I, I, again, I visited South Africa. I visited the Jewish community there. They're lovely people. They were uh, 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 educated. They were nice. Yes, very I still polite. have on my wall some beautiful paintings by, by a South African um, uh, uh, artist. Some of the most amazing artwork that I've seen in my life. I, I mean, my heart goes out to these people in South Africa. It's horrible what's going on there. Utterly horrible. Yeah, I was there for a, uh, for a month. Uh, in 1979, when there was still apartheid, and uh, it was quite an experience being there. But yeah, it's very sad what's uh, happening, and we wish everybody peace and safety, and peace again. We and justice and righteousness and goodness and wholesomeness. Remember, everybody, that every basically every prayer in Hebrew ends with the idea of Osei Shalom. He makes peace. Yes. If you really want to bless somebody, in Hebrew we bless one another with with peace. We say Shalom. Yep. Peace is really the most basic blessing you can you can ask from from God. Yes. Very well said, Mordechai. And we don't appreciate it until we we lose it, unfortunately. Yes, very, very true. It's very painfully true. 
All right, everybody, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to write us. If it's for Mordechai, just write it in the subject line for Mordechai, uh, and, uh, and you can send it to me, Tamar, T-A-M-A-R, at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and I will forward all emails to him. And thank you all for listening. Again, we wish you peace. We wish you safety. We, we wish you righteousness and joy and wholesomeness and uh, a peaceful world and, and for good to defeat evil and for all of our sons and daughters who are serving to come home, for all of our kidnapped to come home healthy, happy, everyone to come home healthy, completely healthy and um, with a huge victory behind them. And, and there should be peace all over the world, not just here, but everywhere. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. Thank you, Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem. You've been listening to the Tamar Yona Show here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Again, thank you for being with us.